Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Oh my gosh, I've got Mr. Ferris Musa back. What are we doing today, buddy? We're doing Money Mondays, my friend. 33 oh. Central and viewership is skyrocketing now that I am back. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. We, I missed you guys, and some of you guys hopefully missed me, and maybe not. Maybe you guys are here for Ben. But uh, we're excited maybe. to be back. So it's been a long, uh, been traveling. a lot of traveling. So you're on spring break, I, and I, then I, what I was it before that? Two thirty Central Time to take a flight back to Houston, Texas. Because uh, so. you wanted to make sure that you were here on time uh, exactly. for Money Mondays. We do this come rain, snow, sleet, or hell. So we tried. I've been to. in all of those the past week. So actually, that oh, touche, oh, so. touche. So what do we do this every Monday, three thirty ish? Central Standard Time. Yes, so, what are we talking about today, man? Talking about inflation, inflation, inflation. Not oh about, not my god! Not inflating Ben's ego. Talking about economic inflation. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how to profit from inflation? The best investment vehicle to beat inflation. And I'm just going to go ahead and answer this right now. Commercial real estate is one of the best. Yes. to hedge against inflation, right? So let's get into this, right? It's been on everybody's everybody, tongue. Yeah, like you were saying, it's probably everybody's hearing it a lot. In yes. Areas, right? So it's a big topic, a lot of interest, and it's ultimately something that we're kind of excited about. There's some negatives to it. I guess too, there's, a, there's, we're gonna go through the pros, and we're gonna go through the cons, which are probably, there's probably a little bit more cons, right? You know, but you gotta realize, folks, if the news is talking about it, it's probably worse than even they're telling you. So right now, I think it's seven and a half percent, you know, that it rose, you know, year over year, which is the highest that it's rose in 40 years, folks. Now. I always tell this story of my parents when they moved down from Ohio to Texas. They assumed a loan, because you used to be able to do that on residential. And the interest rate, you wanna know what it was? 13%, folks. But they thought they got a steal because prevailing rates at that point were 18%. That's the reason why they assumed it. Now, we're all hoping for the, for the benefit of real estate that it does not go that high, and I doubt that it ever will, but it is gonna go higher. Right, so for those that are underwriting deals, you know, regardless if you're on bridge versus a, a Fannie or Freddie, right? And let's be honest, most people are doing a bridge these days, right? Just because you're still getting higher leverage, spreads are still widening, and it's being based off a of SOFR in a lot of ways. And SOFR has gone up, man, it's got up like 25 basis points yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So it was hovering around 0 0.04, 0 0.05 for quite some time, like a year or two. Right, and then it and it really it's not necessarily correlated with the ten year, but I think that you know ultimately it rose alongside the ten year note uh, for once uh, you know Powell, Mr. Yeah, Jerome Powell, uh, you know said that we're going to do an interest rate uh, so hike a, to give people data. Right, I mean on three sixteen, which was five days ago, it was point zero five. Yeah, on so it's three seventeen. The next day, it jumped 25 basis points. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's essentially correlated with what what the interest rate hike was that the Fed just did, right? So what does that mean to your bridge debt, right? You're going to take that whatever point three, right? 
um, or whatever it might be, let's just call it 0.3, then you're gonna stack a spread on top of that. That's what the lender, that's how much money they make. Typically spreads on on uh, bridge debt these days is anywhere from, call it three and a quarter, all the way up to probably four and a quarter, yep. depending on how risky the deal is. So you can essentially determine what your interest rate's gonna be. And, and it just went up. On a $50 million loan, that's $150,000 increase annualized. That's a lot, that's a lot. So you gotta take that into consideration when you're looking at deals. People need to start bumping up those interest rates that they're analyzing them on, right? But one way to hedge is to lock in long-term debt on a fixed rate, right? You know, because that's a hedge against inflation. Why is that? So, you know, I think people think about what is what does inflation truly mean, right? Inflation means the thing that I bought today for a dollar in, in a year from now after inflation, it's really going to cost me a dollar fifty, right? My yep. dollar is worth less than it was yes. before. Now, that's obviously an extreme example. It's not going to be 50% change. But like Ben said, 7%. If you do three years of 7%, what is that math, Ben? Ben doesn't know. Oh, know. 21? Is that 21? No, I don't know. No, because it compounds. Oh, yeah. ouch, um, ouch. You know, but it's a significant shift, right? I mean, because it's, it's going to be more than 21. Uh, that's a sizable difference, folks. So now apply that to yeah. real estate. We're buying real estate in the millions of dollars, right? Let's say I bought a $10 million piece of real estate, right? I'll buy it for $10 million using $10 million of today's money. Well, in three years from now, right, if you have inflation, you know, just in the difference of the value of the dollar, that's a significant return, right? Yeah. If all I did is just play the inflation game, I made 7% annualized, right? That's a yeah. lot of return. Let alone some of the other things that happen during inflation, right? Rents are going up. Costs are going up across the board. So not only are you people buying real estate today, hedging against inflation, they're also getting the benefit of rent growth, right? Yes. Now, can people support it? That's a whole nother problem. Yep. But again, as the dollar becomes less valuable, right, rents do tend to go up. And so now the, the property that I bought today for $10 million, assuming $1,100 rent, well, in three years from now, just on inflation is going to be $1,250. I'm making up numbers, right? Yep. But now the $150 is significant because not only... You know, did the property increase in value from appreciation? Mm -hmm. I also boosted the NOI from inflation as well. So yep. it's really a double whammy, right? Yeah, and so 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 there's there's the pro, right? The con being that your cost of capital is going to be more expensive, right? But the one thing that you could do, right? You know, so let's let's talk about bridge. So we're we're going to talk about the financing piece of this, right? So you're talking about bridge debt, and I talked about SOFR plus the spread, right? Well, that's still a variable rate. Right and yes, variable rates can can go up. One thing that we do, and some of the more sophisticated shops do too, right? Or the lender might actually force you to do it, is you have to buy an interest rate cap, right? You know, and one of the strategies that we've incorporated is typically the interest rate cap that the lender is going to expect you to do is fairly it's fairly sizable. There's a big spread above that where you know in some cases it can go up 250, 350 basis points, right? We made the concerted effort as a as a firm here to buy down our cap. Right, so ours is only going to go up 100 to 150 basis points. So still a big, a big leap that it could potentially go to, but it's going to cap it at a lot lower rate than some of our competitors. Right, so that's another way that you can look into it. And yes, you know, um, buying the rate cap costs money, and buying it down costs even more money. And once you get past probably 36 months and buying a rate cap, it becomes exponentially more expensive. So capping it and trying to keep it down after year three is extremely expensive, but it is doable, right? So just take that into consideration when you're doing bridge is maybe that you raise a little bit more money and you buy that cap down and that's going to give you and your investors some peace of mind on how to do that. Now, switching gears to a Fannie deal or Freddie conventional, it's fixed, right? So you're getting, you're paying a fixed rate regardless if it goes up 
at all. And sometimes, even with Fannie, I mean, hell, we've locked in 12-year notes, you know, so if you... For better or for worse. For better or for worse, right? You know, and so in inflationary times, sometimes locking in that good long-term permanent fixed financing is also a good strategy too. Now, the flip side of that is Fannie and Freddie aren't very competitive these days when it comes to leverage, right? So instead of getting your, you know, 80 in the best cases or maybe even 75, in most cases, they've been between 55 and 65 when we price them out, right? Whereas the the bridge lenders are stumbling over themselves to give you 70 or 75%, right? And then in that case, the interest rates are also about the same too. So you're getting a little bit more leverage and about the same interest rate. Why wouldn't you go with bridge? That's the reason why people are doing a lot more bridge executions these days than Fannie or Freddie. But also worth it to maybe look to refinance too. You know, if you can get out of your bridge right now and refinance into that permanent debt before it does spike even more, might be worth it to take a look at, right? Something you know, we've but, talked about internally. Yeah, and that's something that, that you know, we're, we're exploring on a couple of our deals too, right? You, you look at it so you can lock that in because you just don't know. What if interest rates go to five? You know, and yeah, right now they're at, you know, call it three, seven, five or whatever on, a, you know, on the 10 year, you know, all in with a spread. But, you know, if they go to five, you know, you're going to obviously have that hit too. And that ultimately your interest rate also affects the amount of loan that you get. So this is all important stuff that you need to realize. So you can use it as a hedge if you have fixed permanent debt or you get your interest rate cap in there, you get a really tight cap. Also, the pro of inflation is all ultimately rents are going up. But you have to look at it like this, right? If rents are going up, obviously, like Ferris had mentioned, expenses are going up too, right? So just take that into consideration. We're seeing spikes in, you know, materials costs, appliances, everything and anything that you really want to, you know, be able to manage the property is going up. So take that into consideration when you're looking at your your analysis and underwriting these deals, right? But why we love commercial real estate, folks, right? Again, there's there's some other fundamental reasons why we love commercial real estate, and I think that that's why it's always still going to be a good, you know, I guess, hedge against inflation. First of all, when it comes to multifamily, right, there's a housing shortage, right? So even here in Texas, there's just, there's so many people moving here, there's not enough housing to keep up with it, right? Now, what does that mean? That means that there is more demand than there is supply. And anybody that is a, you know, a fan or, a, you know, has had an economics class in college or in high school, right, understands the, 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 the correlation between supply and demand, right? If there's a ton of demand and the supply isn't there, rents are going up. Right? And that is essentially what is happening across the board. So don't think of it, oh, rents are going up because of inflation. It's somewhat tied to that, but that's not the only reason why. Right? I think there's also a COVID effect of rents too, where there's about 18 months or maybe in some cases 24 months where nobody increased rents at all in some of these markets, right? So you've got a little bit of a rubber band effect going on. You've got inflation, you've got that, and you've just got, you know, ultimately, um, you know, just the natural organic, you know, supply and demand metric that's happening with rents. And again, that's going to spike rent. And one important thing to add to that too is with inflation, like Ben said, costs are low. Yep. What does that mean for development costs, right? Now it's getting more expensive to develop, right? Yep. So that property that maybe they were able to build for 170 a foot, now it's costing them 180 a foot or 190 a foot, yep. which means your existing assets are technically 
worth more, right? Yeah. They need to be able to get a higher return on the rents to be able to compensate for it. So, yeah. You know, so the stuff that's already built. Real estate makes inflation a little bit less of a concern. Now there's some other problems too, right? You know, Ben going out and buying milk, that milk cost him a lot more. Yeah. Milk used to be like a buck ninety nine everywhere, right? Now I haven't seen it a buck ninety nine in a while. I don't so. think I've seen milk a buck ninety nine in I years. A buck <laughs> right? Where are you buying milk from, dude? Uh-huh. You know, but no, but he, he brings up a great point, right? So when I talk about the supply and demand imbalances that we have here, right? What Ferris is essentially saying is the supply is getting nuked too because you can't continue to build or, or some of these deals just aren't fundamentally going to work, right? To even build them. So builders will, will, will um, you know, kind of par back on what, they're gonna, what they've got in their pipeline, making the problem even worse because now the existing deals have a little bit more of a pricing power and they can increase rents accordingly, right? Just to make up for that supply and demand imbalance. So there's a lot of things that are happening, folks. You need to be a student of economics and what is happening with interest rates because all of this stuff will make you a better operator, better, better sponsor. And really, I mean, even if you're coming at it from the passive investment standpoint, right? You should ask your sponsors how they're mitigating risk with inflation and interest rates and everything else that's going on. We still seem fundamental great things and great advantages to investing in multifamily, but like anything else, there's risks. And you got to be able to mitigate that. And we know what we're doing. So we're ultimately structuring these deals appropriately in order to mitigate that risk for our passive investors and get into good deals. Right? All right. Boom. We talked about inflation. Not a fun topic for a lot of people. Some stuff, there's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. You know, but you have to understand it. Right? So I'm going to go ahead and pause there. We've got one. The reality of of where we are in the world, right, and where we are in the economic cycle. So if you have comments, questions, sorry to cut you off, you know, definitely go ahead and ask them now. We will take these questions and answer them live to the best of our knowledge. I'll give Ben the hard ones. I think you're saying, go ahead, Ben, you say there's one. Well, no, I was going to say there's one that came in before the show. So my question is really how to get started in real estate these days. Inventory seems really low. Bing, bing, bing. And finding deals is hard when you're doing it part-time. Any suggestions? I would say that it's, you got to keep moving, right? People have a tendency to get frustrated. They stop what they're doing. They don't make enough offers. They don't do enough property tours. And I'm going to tell you right now that it's important for everybody to realize that you have to keep grinding forward, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, everybody was there. Everybody started with zero. Everybody started off doing real estate part-time. I'm just going to tell you, keep pushing forward. Keep making those offers. Keep underwriting deals. You will find that first deal. Right, and you'll be so excited. You'll go out and get that done, and then guess what? That second one's going to come a lot easier. Right. So you know something to kind of keep in, in, in mind yeah. when you're starting off. So Kathy says Ferris's microphone is not working well. Apologize, it was off. I don't know. Why did you do that, off, dude? But I did turn it back on now, so we should be good to go. Oh, so oh, thank oh, you for oh. letting us know. Said so I've turned the volume up, and then Ben nearly knocks me off my seat when he talks because she's turning up the volume to try to hear my voice. So. Oh, okay, my bad. Ben I has do. that tendency. I am very animated, folks. As you know, that I love inflation. Yeah, no, right. I, you know, typically if the mics were working, it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, you so, know. But, but we fixed it. So thank you for letting us know. We fixed it. We fixed so it. So let's see if anyone has any more comments, questions, thoughts. Please let us know. We can answer them live. Go ahead and drop them in. And, and you know, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to hear from other folks. Right. This is interactive show. 
you know, drop in some of the hedges that you guys have against inflation. Commercial real estate's just one of them, right? You know, other people talk about gold as a store of wealth, right? You know, I mean, so you have to you have to realize this because cash in this environment is going to start going. You know, your your rate of return on your cash in the bank is going to just get nuked, yeah. right? Because you're losing seven and a half percent every year, and like Ferris says, it starts compounding on itself. Right. So, so we did get one more question. Is self-storage a good hedge against inflation? Um, I'd say, you know... I'd say for the fundamentals of the real estate, yes. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's any... Would you say it's better or worse than multifamily? No, because it's uh, kind know, of I the mean, same... You know, the I, same I mean, reasons like, why we like it, right? I, I can't think of a reason why I prefer one over the other outside of the existing reasons that yes. like one or the other. Right? I don't think, yeah, I don't think that, I think commercial real estate as a hedge against inflation as a whole is a good thing. Right now, we ultimately multifamily guys, we're going to be a little bit biased on this, but we do like self-storage too, right? But the fundamentals have to be there, right? Again, it's all based on supply and demand, folks. It really just, most stuff just boils down to that. Right, and so you just need to realize you need to be investing in high growth markets that are diversified, and ultimately those people that are coming in for those jobs, those job that job growth, that job creation is going to increase demand for whatever it is, whether it be self storage or um, apartments or you know mobile home parks yeah. too. You know we got you know obviously our friends over at Open Door are killing it on mobile home parks, right? But the reason why is because there's not a lot of supply. Nobody's building mobile home parks anymore. Right? Not yet. So, not yet. So they're playing into that supply and demand imbalance as well. Right? So anyway, drop your comments in there. Give us a like. Give us a share. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and ultimately, we would love to hear from you on what topics you'd like to hear from us coming up on next Money Mondays. Yep. So boom, switching gears. Let's keep going. All right. So I am working with the Veterans Community Project. Mr. Eric Upchurch got me involved. And these people are incredible. They are building tiny houses for homeless veterans in multiple markets here in, in the U.S. And I'm trying to help raise 30000 So I get $15,000 from my investors and folks like you that are listening to this. I'm going to match it dollar for dollar up to fifteen grand. So I'm going to raise thirty k for this great project. I want you to check it out. Bit.com. L-Y slash donate to Homes for the Brave. Check that out. Please, even if you can give $5, $10, it'd be a huge, huge ask. Let's make Ben broke. Let's, hey, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, I love, I love making, you know, great investments in, in great charities. And this is one that I'm passionate about. My father was a veteran. I have my grandma and my grandpa are veterans. You know, at the end of the day, there is an epidemic of homeless veterans in this country. And we need to take care of these folks because they took care of us, right? So check that out, Veterans Community Project. Let us know what you can do there. Boom. Oh, my gosh. Multifamily investing horror stories. Yep. Oh, my so gosh. Next meetup here in Houston. We do this every month oh, for oh, the past, oh, oh. I don't know, four, five, six years. Yeah. And so it's coming up first Thursday of every month. We're coming up this next April 7th. We're doing multifamily horror stories. So we're having a panel with some of our friends. It'll be at Pitch 25 Beer Park, as always, right about 7 o'clock or so. Yep. So definitely come check it out. If you're in Houston or you're in Texas, come on, drive out. I usually get 100, 150 people out there. So a good time, you know, big variety of people, and should be a fun place to network. Yeah, no, great, a great, uh, great time. Great folks that come out there. We're doing it with, obviously, the invested agents and the Sandmore Investment guys. So check it out, disruptequity.com slash 8HTX meetup. And... Go ahead and get yourself registered. But it would not be a Money Mondays without us talking about MFIN. Yep. 
Oh my gosh. We're doing it in Atlanta, Georgia, folks. Going back to hot Atlanta, where we do have some assets and we used to have a lot more assets, so we're trying to buy some yeah, more assets. Maybe we'll do a property tour on one of the cool assets that oh, we've been working on. Oh, that would be awesome. We Let's are go. doing an office to apartment conversion. Ooh, that might a be cool, a good one cool to project. do. So. I don't know. We're going to we're gonna talk that over with Kenny. Yeah. You guys might have to get some hard hats, but we're going to see if we can make that happen. So what day is it? Boop, boop, boop. Coming Shanna, up. Shanna, Shanna, do we Not know? locked in yet. Should be June 25th. Should be June 25th, but it's definitely going to be in Atlanta. Check out the early bird sale. Get your $150 off now until April 7th. MFinvestornetwork.com. Get registered. We'd love to see you out there. It's a one-day event. Great panels. Great speakers. We're going to blow it out. We had 600 people here in Houston, folks. Now, hopefully we can get that many. Who knows? We'll see. But Atlanta is a great market. It's a great town. It's a great place to have a good time. So come in, bring the family, bring the spouse, enjoy a little networking, yep. maybe find your next partner or your next investor. Yeah, so really quick before we wrap, we got two more comments. Kathy's asking, are we going to be at the IMN conference in Dallas next week? If so, let's have a drink. I yes. am, I am, so I am. We'll I'm see speaking there. there. Yep, yep. And then she also said, I thought Edfin was going to be in Denver. It was going to be in Denver, but that wasn't locked. And we ended up actually shifting to the East Coast. We will definitely do one in Denver yes, over here in we the like Denver future. Too. It just wasn't going to work out. So uh, apologize for the misfire on that yeah, one. But Atlanta, some, yeah. it's easy to get to, folks. And we will be going back to Denver and sometime Soon in the near future. Yeah, there's, new Denver future. didn't have the availability, so... I blame, I, blame, I blame Denver. I guess there's a lot of people that wanted to do need yeah. something in Denver there. But, all right, what all are we right. talking about next week? Talking about how to friend. find good commercial real estate deals into the ace competition. Oh, my God. Are we giving away all of our secrets all on the, the secrets, show? What is man, going on you know, here? Figure out how people Shit, can you're killing me. You're grow killing me. And, and let's go. Let's Sorry. do it. Now, we're all going to grow together. So we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.